We're going to get into the word of the Lord. I will tell you that uh, when it comes to dinners at the church and things like that, uh, I've learned a long time ago, been doing this a lot of years, uh, people's minds and, of course, their senses, the smell uh, starts affecting them. Some of you got up early to get some things baked up. Some of you really worked hard by squeezing that can opener and turning it, you know, and opening up that can. I know it was a lot of work, but irregardless, we're going to eat it. Amen. And I will say this, please, before I get into it, please, 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 don't go in there and look like you're at, you know, the buffet. Get you enough on your plate. Get what you want. After it's said and done, uh, you heard the preacher after it's said and done, man, you know, you can come up there and tear it up afterwards and make sure everybody has plenty. Uh, some things I know we got plenty of. Some things are probably, uh, you know, enough to, for everybody to get a little bit of, uh, that kind of thing. But uh, please do that. And if you're going to be last, remember, then, then you can load up your plate. Amen, amen. Matthew chapter 25, we are going to let the elders, I'm going to dismiss you from the Congregation here, we're going to let the elders, those at 70 and up, we're going to let them be dismissed first whenever we do this here in a little bit. Matthew chapter 25, we're going to read 13 verses here, verses 1 through 13. Amen. Very familiar passage of scripture here. My Bible's read. I hope yours is read. Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins, which took their lamps. Amen. Which took their lamps. Amen. And went forth to meet the bridegroom. Somebody say the bridegroom. And five of them were wise and five were foolish. And I hope you'll understand the meaning of that before it's over. That they, they that were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels and with their lamps. Verse 5. While the bridegroom tarrieth, while he was detained... Amen. They all slumbered and slept. They all did. And at midnight there was a cry made, Behold, the bridegroom cometh. Go ye out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said unto the wise, Give us of your oil, for our lamps are gone out. But the wise answered, saying, Not so. Nope, none of mine. Least there not be enough for us and you. But go ye rather to them that sell and buy yourselves. I think there's being a little bit sarcastic because I don't know if anything open at midnight like that. <laughs> Amen. Midnight. Go buy something. Yeah. And while they went on the way to buy, the bridegroom came. And they were, what? They that were ready went in unto him to the marriage, and the door was shut. Afterward also came the other virgins, saying, Lord, Lord, open unto us. But he answered and said to them, Verily I say unto you, I know you not. Watch therefore, verse 13, Watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man cometh. I want to stop right there and go back to verse number 6 where he says, Behold, the bridegroom cometh. Amen. I want to just talk today about watching and waiting. Look at your neighbor and say, Watching and waiting. You can be seated. 
Now, I understand that we are watching and waiting for our Thanksgiving dinner, for time to click by, watching and waiting and smelling, and, and we will. We'll have our dinner. It'll, it'll take place. But I want to I wanna address some things here today because I've learned a long time ago that um, trying to be evangelistic on days like today is, is rough. Uh, our mindsets, our thoughts, our senses are going other directions. And so when we come together, I've learned that really it's just a time to be a little bit informative. And so I asked the Lord, I said, what could I say to the folks that are here today that that would be helpful, that would remind us of some things and uh, just kept kept on my mind watching and waiting. And yesterday we were watching and waiting for our grandkids to participate in, in uh, the things they were involved in yesterday. And it was a long day. And, uh, you know, you watch and you wait. And it was great to see them, amen, see Noah win and uh, their school get a trophy and all that stuff. It's, it's nice. But watching and waiting... What is it that the Lord wants to, to, to us to understand? Uh, the words of Jesus here in Matthew 25 uh, gives us, I think, a look at the kingdom uh, of his coming and his coming. He, 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 it starts out to us letting us know, amen, that then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto these ten virgins. Notice this. But there's some things I, th I think is important to remind us and, and to point out because we have maybe ministered on this in times past. But the Bible, somebody say the Bible. The scriptures do not indicate uh, that evil, and I, I, I want to get this out there. The scriptures, the word of God, what we hopefully base our hope on, uh, it doesn't indicate to us that evil will gradually disappear. From this earth. It's not going to happen. All this craziness and all this that's going on, it's not going to go away. In fact, our Bible tells us, but it's just really on the contrary, our Bible tells us that sin or wrongdoing will become what? Progressively worse. Progressively more dominant. I believe we're living in a time, and I think I can relate to everybody. I think all of us, no matter, regardless of our age or our background, I believe we see some things going on that we just, it makes us kind of scratch our head, wonder what's happened. You know, uh, I hear a lot of blame, you know, being thrown around this, that, the other. You know, parents today, generation, young people, all these things. But really, nothing happens overnight. Nothing takes place over that. It's a, it's a thing that just happens sometimes, and it's right in front of our face. And, and I'm, I'm just going to lay this out there in case someone's writing this down. But in 2 Thessalonians 2, uh, you can see, and 2 Timothy 3, you can see, Matthew 24, you can see, amen, that we're told that uh, sin's going to be more dominant and until it produces a man of sin. Somebody say the Antichrist. Uh, things are going to get worse, and it's going to lead up to what is known in our Scripture as the man of sin. We need to remind ourselves the day's coming when someone's going to step up, amen, and take ownership of all this craziness. 
And so we have scripture that lets us know, and Jesus told us that as it was in the days of Noah, how many remember that? As it was in the day, so it would be in the time of his coming. Luke chapter 17, you can find that out. Amen. Wickedness and moral perversion was what? That was what was prevalent then. Things were bad. Things got things were wicked and moral decay was everywhere. Men's imaginations and minds were just crazy with things that just wasn't right. How many believe today, I, I don't know about you, but I catch people and I watch people. It seems like they're trying to think up ways to be crazier. I look over here and I see somebody being crazy. Then my mind starts raising. How could I get that 15 minutes of attention and be crazier? We're laughing, but it's true. There's... There's just, it just seems like it's running rampant, and the craziest things that could happen wins the spotlight of the day. And I think sometimes that's where we make a mistake by, by spotlighting things that are wrong. I believe that we ought to reward things that are good. Look at your neighbor and say, you're good. You're good because you're here today. That's a good thing. That's a good thing. And by the way, while I'm on that subject, next Sunday morning in our class, there's a great surprise for you, our Bible class, a great surprise. I meant to mention that today, but I want to say it now. But we're living in a time when it seems like it's everywhere. We know it's everywhere. But when you think about the coming of Jesus, because the Lord says, listen, all these things, and he uses these wise and foolish virgins, he uses them for a reason, for a purpose. Everything God says or does has something behind it, has a purpose for us. Come on, this is for us. It's for us to glean, to understand why he's using this kind of parable to get our attention. Because the coming of Jesus really has simply two purposes. One, he's coming back for saints He's coming back, and we call it the rapture, the catching away. He's coming back for his saints. We're going to meet him in the air. Amen. Only his saints, those that are ready. The second purpose is he's coming back again with the saints, his saints. He will reveal himself to the entire population and begin his thousand-year reign. So the purpose of reminding us this has dual purposes. It's not about anything else but for us to understand we've got to be ready. We know that the oil is, is, is signified or is a type of the Holy Ghost. They didn't have the Holy Ghost. They didn't have the oil. Uh, I believe they started out having the oil, but the oil ran out. Come on. How many see in the, the, the sweep, I mean, just by history, the sweep of the Spirit of God moved in North America, and we've seen an outpouring and a revival. But over the years, things has happened. Amen. Man has grown. We've evolved, and we've gotten so smart and so educated. Amen. We've come a long way. And so now we're at that stage where it seems like we're trying to find purpose in other directions. Amen. And so there's a lot of folks going and doing things that are just against, amen, and that oil, what we had and what they had was there. Because in Jesus' parable, 
he makes several natural points. And I want to I I address this. And if it sounds vulgar to you, I'm sorry. It's not vulgar. But one is he's not critical of the virgins sleeping. They all slept. They all slumbered. He calls them virgins. It means they was all saving themselves. They was all prepared. Come on, it's something we should kind of take to mind. But he's not critical of them sleeping because it's something natural. He's not critical about their purity. He calls them all virgins. Whether they had oil or not, they were all virgins. They were all, amen, that's what he addressed them as. But what he wants to make sure we understand is it's about being prepared, being ready. Because unpreparedness, they brought no extra oil. Come on, I don't care when you got the Holy Ghost, how long it was, you've got to keep that oil burning in your vessel. You've got to keep that Holy Ghost, amen. you got to be prepared morning, noon, and night. Because how many believe that when we took on the name of Jesus, amen, we're preparing ourselves to be his bride. Yes. Think about it. When we take on the name of Jesus, we're preparing ourselves to be his bride. Being unprepared. In other words, we've got to keep the Holy Ghost. We've got to, we've got to keep what the Lord has placed in us. We've got to have that spirit in us to quicken this mortal body, to change it. Because when the Lord meets us in the air and he calls out uh, his people, guess what? We've got to be ready. We don't know when it's going to be. We don't know the day or the hour. They knew the bridegroom was coming. Come on, church. We know he's coming. We just don't know when. And I'm telling some folks, uh, amen, you better be prepared. I don't care what you started out as. I don't care how you started out. Amen, you had the oil. Amen, you got to the place to where you was looking for his coming, but you were unprepared in the Holy Ghost. Don't let the fire burn out. When I say they was all virgins, I mean they all call themselves Christians in today's terms. But they all didn't make it. That's why you hear this pastor say one of the th- hardest things for me to lay my head down at night is to look at a congregation and know or think or try to, oh, Lord, let me get past 50-50. Five were wise, five were foolish. Come on, you've heard me say it before. One in the bed, hey, come on, two in the bed want to be taken. Two in the field want to be taken. I mean, the best, the best scenario is half is going to make it. He's telling us, amen, these virgins, uh, amen, they were all supposedly prepared at one time, but they let their oil run out. Because there's some elements in that I believe that God wants to point out to us, his people. Look at your neighbor and say, I want to be ready. Put up verse 5, if you would, please. But while the bridegroom tarried, here's what I've heard. Bless God, I've heard all my life the Lord's coming back. Oh, 
I remember back in the 50s, we thought, man, the Lord was coming for sure. Then the 60s hit, we thought, Lord, they're coming for sure. You're coming for sure. And then them hippie 70s hit us, and man, my God, I know he's coming. And then in the 80s, we had the little book, 88 Reasons Why the Lord is Coming Back in 1988. You better have a little. Here we are in 2000. What is this, 23? I remember laying in bed listening to my dad listen to Alexander Scorby read the Bible to him, and I thought, Lord, don't come back yet. You heard me say, I'm not driving yet. I've not experienced some things yet. Lord, don't come yet. That's our attitude. That's our flesh. And now I'm at the place in my life where I'm, watch out. I want to say, come, Lord, come. Come on. Show these fools, amen, how true you are. That's the attitude that we get sometimes. Show these people that want to mock and make fun and act like you're not real. Show yourself. Take the church out of here. Come, Lord, come. For some of you that just use the church, you better wake up. One of these days, you're not going to be able to get to the church. There's nothing going to be here. The love of God's going to be taken out. The only reason why the church is here is because there's still sinners, still souls to be one to the Lord. That's the whole soul purpose. Because he said in the last days, I'm going to pour out my spirit upon all flesh. He said, you're going to be witnesses for me. While the bridegroom tarried, he's delayed. Ah, you know, he, I just thought for sure he'd be here by now. Of course, now as older folks were looking, I think, my Lord, he's got to come now or he's a liar. Because he said, as it was in the days of Noah, look, it's perverse, it was immoral. Everybody's imagination was just doing whatever they wanted to do. That's where we're at today. Or it seems, it appears that way. Whatever people want to do, they just do it, don't matter. There's no consequences. My God, we, we just, we'll just say what we want to say and do what we want to do. But notice, notice that they all slept. Five were prepared. And just, look, look at me, just as you would know it, while they were sleeping, the cry came at midnight. What does the Bible say for us to be careful of and to watch for? The thief in the night. Got to be alert, got to be awake, got to be prepared. When the cry came that the bridegroom is coming, they got up and went to light their lamps, but the foolish had run out of oil. Oh, somebody get this. I don't have enough Holy Ghost in me. I don't have enough in me to be prepared. That's the message the Lord wants us to hear, to understand. I don't care what part of life you come from. I don't care what background you have. You've got to know to be ready. It's not the oil, it's not the lamp, it's not being together, it's not the virgins, it's not the purity, it's not the sleep or slumber, it's the being prepared, being knowing that he's coming. Because he's going to come at a time when we think not. 
Now, watching. What does watching mean? What does watching mean? You ever look it up? It means to look or observe. Exercise care. Caution. Be aware of. That's what watching. If we're not watching, we're the opposite of every one of those. Waiting. What does waiting mean? Waiting. Stay where one is. I got this Holy Ghost. I'm keeping it. Come on, we sing the song. The world didn't give it to me. That's a lie, isn't it? The, the, the world is stealing it every day from people. There are people out there. There's people watching me, listening right now. They're out there running around now. Used to once have oil in their lamp. Look at it. Waiting. Stay where one is. To hope. To anticipate. Watch this. And to trust. When you wait for something, you're putting trust in something. Anybody ever heard the term wait and see? Well, it means you got to trust that if you wait, something's going to happen. Oh, somebody get this. So people that's out in the world, amen, that let their lamp run out, they've lost their trust in knowing that the Lord's coming back. Mm -hmm. Waiting is a sign of humility. How many understand that for real? Waiting on someone. You ever have somebody... Uh, Sister Chandra, but you ever have somebody tell you, meet me at 10 o'clock, and you just know it's going to be 10, 15, 10, 30? That's not judging. That's for real. That's for, yeah, I mean, you ever, I mean, you ever know somebody say, do something, and you say, okay, and you're going to be there? That's trust. That's humility. That's waiting. Oh, what's this? Has anybody ever went through a drive through Put your order in at the squawk box. And it takes too long to get around to the payday. And you just pull out and drive off. Oh, I know some of y'all never done that. Taking too long. Not waiting. In fact, I'm going to give you another example. Just this last week. My wife and I... Family members went into a restaurant in this city, walked in. You know how you just feel something? You get to look around, tables everywhere dirty. Things just don't feel right. Hmm. They must not have help or something. Just get to looking around and you're waiting, you're waiting. There's plenty of space. Well, it must be, must be a help issue. You think, oh, Lord, let's go. I'm not, I'm not waiting on this because I don't trust the timetable and what's going to happen. Come on, It's about trust. Waiting is trust. It means that, listen, if I wait for something, something's going to happen. Put up verse 10. Look at this. Because he says, while they were gone. Are you getting this? They had to go try to find 
oil. They had to go try to get ready. Come on, there's an altar here every week. There's a church here every service. Amen, you don't have to wait. You don't have to wait to get left behind because what happened? While they were gone, guess what? The Lord showed up and he took what he had that was prepared and ready. And the Bible says he got to the and shut the door. We know there's other illustrations, the same wording that tells us, depart from me, you workers of iniquity. I never knew you. God don't take anything and everything that people say he does, amen, and accepts it as a sacrifice. He don't need, I said in our class, he don't need sacrifice today. He needs obedience. Obedience is better than sacrifice. There's plenty of sacrifice to be given. But obedience, they were not ready. They were not prepared. They didn't even know when he was coming. While they were gone, the door was closed. Verse 11 says, I know you not, means you're not mine. Because you're not prepared, you're not ready. Come on, we know the oil is symbolic of the Holy Ghost. We know, amen, that lack of oil means what? Watching, lack of awareness or care. Amen, lack of oil means waiting, loss of hope, loss of trust. Oh, watch this, watch this, watch this. This is today's Christianity. This is today's Christianity. What's wrong with the five wise? Michael, don't you love me enough to give me some of your oil? That ain't the love of God. Oh, that's what we're hearing today. That ain't the love of God. If you got some oil, share it. Give me that. Give me some of your oil. So we're all okay. Oh, I don't think most people in this assembly right now and most Christians, they realize uh, that we're living in a generation and the generation behind us, uh, amen, have already experienced that. Uh, there was a move of God, uh, amen, that come through our land uh, and the Holy Ghost was poured out. Uh, and then there come a day, uh, amen, that we said, lay aside your doctrine uh, and let's just all worship together. Let's just all joy one another together. That's not the will of God. That's not the purpose of God. God said, don't lay down your oil. Amen. Don't give your oil away. Amen. You stay prepared. It doesn't matter what others come at you at and try to make you feel bad about. Amen. You love me. Bless God, they wouldn't give me no oil. They ain't going to heaven. Well, the Bible says that they went in and the door was shut. And, and, and it's the Lord's words, not the preacher. That's why I say one of these days people are going to get a rude awakening because they think people just want to. There are some bad apples. There are some people that don't care. There are people that just in it for money and just in it for status and all those things. It does, but it's that way in life. Whatever corporation, whatever job you work on, it's the same thing. Watch those that try to get up the ladder of success. Some, when they get there, they can't handle it. Hello? Someone they receive authority and power, they don't know what to do with it. 
1 Thessalonians chapter 4, and I'm closing. Chapter 4, verse 16, 17, and 18. I'm doing this today so that we can intentionally see. For the Lord himself, not a triune, not three of them, the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God. And the dead in Christ shall rise first. Verse 17. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. Are you comforted today to know the Lord's coming back? Are you comforting to know that the Lord's going to call the church, the people that are prepared and ready out, to have their oil, have their lamps, have the Holy Ghost? Look at it. The Lord shall come after his bride who's ready. The dead in Christ are his bride. They're ready. Revelation 19, 7, stand with me. Read this. Read this very carefully. Let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him. Not them, him. For the marriage of the lamb. Who's the lamb? Jesus. The marriage of the lamb is come. And his wife. Who's his wife? The church. Believers. True believers. Have made themselves ready. That's why the Lord used the ten wise, the ten virgins, five wise, five foolish. Those, and the highlight is those that made themselves ready. Come on, church. He's looking. He's looking. He's looking. He's watching. That's why, that's why we summed up. He's watching. Look at it. What's the last verse we read? Watch therefore, for you know not neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man, after using this parable, he says, the Son of Man. Who's the Son of Man? Jesus. The Son of Man cometh. How many believe that the Lord's soon to come? I mean, for real. Do you really believe it's, it's on the horizon? I'll tell you how you can, those of you that don't bother with church and the Word of God and things, I'll tell you how you can know. Start watching your silly commercials in the world, the stuff, the information that they're, they're starting to put in your brain. Because now they're milking and making fun, and even commercials say, what's going to happen when people just disappear? The aliens sucked them up. The mothership arrived. Are you hearing it? Are you hearing it? I'm hearing it. It's out there. You think it's circumstantial? No, because I've learned by experiences just as well as you have. It starts out just subtle. We laugh. And, oh, it's so funny. It's cute. And next thing you know, it's just so much. So next thing you know, it just becomes life. This world knows. And it was already said earlier. <laughs> This earth is going to be destroyed. Do you hear that, devil? 
all that you're trying, it's going to be gone. There's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. Praise God. Would you lay your hand on your heart for just a few moments today? Come on, everyone. Everyone that will, just. I'm not one of these preachers that believes that repeat after me. That don't save you. That don't do one thing. It's got to come from you. You've got to believe. You've got to know why you're saying and why you're doing what you're doing. 